and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, how are you doing? All right, and yourself? Can't complain, can't complain. I'm a little tired today. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I don't think viewers at home will know <laughs> why I'm tired. I'll explain that here in a moment, but I am quite tired, and that'll go into uh, our story later on. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just got out of the car, unloaded it, and now just came right over here after um, I've been in the car for a little while. A little while. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to telling you about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel, what have you been up to this week, man? Uh, not too much. It's actually been kind of a chill week for me. My busy week is going to be the following week because I got some stuff going on, which we'll get to here in a little bit. But yeah, no, it's actually been pretty chill. My wife right now is in Missouri uh, doing a, a job site over there. So oh, well. it's been just kind of a chill week with me and the dogs. Yeah, you're going to hang out. I mean, it, it's good that, like, because right now we are filming this on the 19th of December. That's right before. Oh. Um... Yep, less than a week before Christmas. Yep. Right, and we're finishing wrapping up the holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, wrapping up our holiday season for the podcast as well. Yep. Which this is the last episode for our holiday season. Yeah, and this will be this will actually air. So when you're listening to it on YouTube, it's going to be on the 29th of December, 2023. Mm, so you'll hear it in a couple weeks and, and ten days or so. Yeah. yeah, about ten days or so. We look forward to you guys here listening to it then. But if you're listening to it now and you're joining us live, thank you for joining us. Yep. But we thought we're, we're, we're done talking about Christmas stuff right now. Pretty we much, did yeah. Christmas games, we did stocking stuffers, we did our gaming goals of the year, so New Year's resolutions. Now we're on the kick of our New Year's games. revisiting of the New Year's resolutions. Yes, the revisiting of last year's, right? Yeah. See how we've done this year. Stay tuned for the future ones. Yeah, yeah, for which year. will be recorded in a couple, a few weeks, yeah. Yep. I think we're recording that... Uh, uh, Behind the curtain a little bit. I think that's going to get recorded the week after New Year's. That's right. But today we thought, what better what better game to represent the New Year's than here in America? Yeah. I don't know if, if you're listening to us internationally. First off, thank you. But secondly... Surprisingly, we do have a lot of international... We do. We do. And we appreciate uh, all This past month, we were, were big stars. in Germany. That's right. <laughs> and all you Germans, we love you. We love everybody who listens to us, really. And here in America, just so you know, if you're international, you in America know, we celebrate our new year by blowing right up. crap up. <laughs> yeah, for a few <laughs> That's what we do. It's the American way. <laughs> That's right. We are huge on fireworks, and we decided, what better game than Hanabi? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not us as a group are big on fireworks, just Americans in general, because... Uh... Oh, I'm, I'm big on fireworks. Fan. I'm a huge fan of fireworks. You have every reason not to be a fan yeah. of fireworks. I love fireworks. It's just a lot of stuff. Like, I, I have dogs. These ones are not as bad as my last dog, who was yeah. terrified of them. I also have a buddy who was in the military, so I have to check on him every time fireworks are going off yep. because yep. there's just stuff like that. So, yeah, it's just, for me, it's just, oh, God, stop making so much noise. And then, but <laughs> get off my hearing, lawn. Kind get of. off my lawn. I know. Instead of blowing stuff up, play Hanabi. Have fun play, with the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. It's much less noisy <laughs> and... and Moderately it, less risk it for has losing. To, it has fingers. to be less noisy because yeah. there's limited communication. All you're going to hear is like, mm, mm, oh. uh, uh, or if someone accidentally plays a card out of their head, ah, oh, that's not the one I thought it was. Yep, yep that's right. Oh man, I love those forgetful moments are just so hilarious. Those are some of my favorite. Anyway, I'll talk about those. In the, <laughs> yeah, when we get to that later. part. Yeah, yeah, when we get to that. But again, we thought Hanabi would be a great example of that, even though it's based on Chinese fireworks or. Um, 
Japanese fireworks. Well, in, all, sure, in but... all honesty, yeah. where do you think we got the idea for fireworks on New Year's? It, right. that, it's a big thing. Chinese New Year's, they're throwing fireworks. Yep. To, and this is usually always in February, their Lunar uh, New Year's. Yep. So why not us do it, too? Yeah. So Exactly. Because everything American is what we've stolen from other places. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, fair enough. Except for, like, what, deep-fried Twinkies and stuff? There's, there's nothing more American than that. <laughs> That's true, too. That's, come, for, come for the absurdity. Stay for the heart attack. <laughs> uh, America is the apple of countries. Hey, we invented this. No, we didn't. We just perfected it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I know a lot of people disagree, but... And rightfully and so. so. No, in all honesty, think about it. Like, a lot of the stuff that we say, well, we... There, a lot of big thing is we're about democracy and freedom. But we didn't invent that. We got that from the Greeks. Right, exactly. And we're technically a constitutional republic. We got that from the Romans. <laughs> that's, that's that's true. And then also, like, on top of... Like, uh, going back to the food, like, pizza is one of the funny... Like, I've heard that a lot of people that come from Italy now, like, they, they have their traditional Italian-style pizza, which is yeah. very different than American pizza. Oh, very pizza. different, yeah. But so many people fell in love with American-style pizza that now, in Italy, they, they make American-style pizza, American. which is basically just greasier and grosser, but, you know, yeah, just how we like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm uh, not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's how we do. It is what it is, yeah. but honestly... Uh, <laughs> But a big, it's a big holiday. Thanksgiving, or New Year's is a big thing that's celebrated. Yep. Uh, I've never been a fan of uh, celebrating New Year's all that much. There's some traditions that we would always do growing sure. up. Chicken wings was one of them. That's one thing we always had on New okay, Year's. Okay, that's a fun one. And then two, uh, we never did the fireworks. Fireworks actually just relatively became a thing in the last, I don't know, since about 2000 or so. Yeah. Because, honestly, I don't remember going to any fireworks show growing up as a kid in New Year's. There was a little bit. Uh, in yeah, fact, when I, where I used to live, uh, there was always fireworks dance for 4th of July. They were never open on uh, right. New Year's. Yeah. Uh, now they're open New Year's and 4th of July. Mm -hmm. uh, the, and so it's just it hasn't been fireworks towards me till more recently as I've been an adult. Yeah. Because, again, growing up, it was about watching, like, football or sports and having chicken wings and staying up. Um, I think the last one I really, really did celebrate was probably Y2K. And it was just uh, just because I'm like, is you know, something's going to happen? And no. <laughs> that was one of the last ones I, I didn't celebrate. And you know what was funny about Y2K? I was on my computer at the turn of <laughs> the year. And I did that on purpose because that's when I was... I was growing up, I was starting to get really into computers, Yeah. so I was on there, working on there, browsing some website or something, I don't know, I forget which one it was, but I remember my dad, the computer used to be in his bedroom, because uh -huh. we had the computer, not a computer. Yeah, we grew up the in a generation computer. where there was a computer yeah, in the house. a computer, and so I was on the computer, and I was hearing my dad listen to the TV in the background, and they're like, alright, Y2K, here it comes, 10, 9, and I'm just watching it. And then if I got my computer, nope, didn't blow up. <laughs> Carry on, and I probably stayed up another three hours because I was nocturnal around that time. Got, yeah, yeah. So that was my, yeah. my Y2K for that. Yeah, my thing is like I think I had uh, one game night, uh, and when we moved into my old place oh, yeah. uh, where I used to be on a New Year's Eve, and even then everybody went home at like eight o'clock because they had young kids and stuff like that. Right. So. 
it wasn't much of anything, which is fine. I'm not a drinker much anymore either. Right. That's another thing. It's a big drinking holiday. My wife, is. she drinks wine. That's pretty much all she drinks. And honestly, she always worked New Year's Day. She used to work graveyards. And so she was either overnight New Year's Eve to New Year's Day. Nothing we really celebrated. So. Right. Me and my friends, we used to have a tradition in New Year's uh, back shortly after high school is we would would go around finding pallets and all that stuff. And we had a spot out in the desert that we would go, you know, have a, a New Year's bonfire. But the the funnest part about it is that we would, me and a, uh, a friend of mine, uh, you know him, he lives in Arizona, um, we would mm. rent a generator, a power generator. Okay. And we would bring it out there, and I would set up my DJ equipment. And <laughs> I had a song that I would play, and I knew the timing on it. And I would have it, it's like this techno song that has a beautiful, like, strings line. Yeah. And then breaks into a really hard bass drop. And I would play that, and I would time it perfectly so the bass drop hits on New Year's. <laughs> and and all of me and my friends, we all like techno music and stuff, so it made sense. So that yeah. was really kind of magical, as we would all just be hanging around the fire, you know, having a good time, New Year's style. It, it was fun. Although there was one year that we did that. And we're and we found a mattress and we're like, oh, let's just bring out the mattress, you know, like let, let's get it out there. And we found it New Year's Eve. Yeah. So we grabbed it, we put it out. Or I'm sorry, the day before New Year's Eve. Sorry, uh, the third. New Year's Eve's Eve. New Year's Eve's Eve. And we're we're like, all right, let's just go preload it out there so it's all on the way. We go out there New Year's Eve, like just maybe like 12 hours after we left it there. Yeah. Somebody already burned it. <laughs> we're like, yo. That was for you us. You could have waited for us, you know? That, like, that's why we brought... I mean, I'm glad you had the same idea, but we did the work. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. But overall, it, it was a... I like New Year's just for those kind of memories. Yeah. But... Honestly, I can't even think of, like, anything memorable-wise for me growing up, like, in high school and stuff like that. I didn't really go to uh, those kind of parties, New Year's mm. parties and stuff like that. Uh, like I went to parties when I was in high school, but it wasn't really New Year's or anything like that. And that was yeah. because I was on basically a break from school. Mm-hmm. I had uh, I was in between sports, so it was just after uh, football finished and baseball was about to start. So honestly, I don't remember too much other than hanging out with my family. Uh, and then there's one tradition that we always did around New Year's Eve, which I'll talk about when we get into the actual outside of gaming. Okay, sounds good. Well, you know what? Let's get into that then. Okay. Uh, we appreciate you all for tuning in. Like I said, we're gonna be di- we're gonna be doing a board game brainstorm for Hanabi here mm-hmm. in a little bit. But before we do that, we have a little new segment that we like to talk about what we've been doing outside of gaming for the people who are interested about hearing our actual lives. Daniel, take it away. All right. So one of my favorite things is I mentioned I played football, and I've mentioned it before when we did this outside gaming stuff. I love. Uh, the the sport of football, preferably college football more so than uh, NFL. And the big thing about it is right now it's bowl season. Uh, it's where all the colleges are playing in bowl games, different ones. The New York, uh, the New Year's Bowl and stuff like that is going to be happening here around New Year's. The they call them the New York Six. Those are the there's four that are the part of the playoff, and there's two that are just really big because they're they're in that cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, growing up, one of our traditions was we'd always go to a local bowl out here in El Paso, sure. which yeah. is about 40 miles from us, called the Sun Bowl. In fact, the Sun Bowl is actually closer to where we live than most of El Paso because it's on like the west side, yeah. uh, central part of it. So it's basically a 30-minute drive from where we live. 
I'm actually going to it this year. It um, almost takes longer to park than it, it does to drive to it. Right. Yeah, uh, I'm going to it this year because one, I am a huge Notre Dame Fighting Irish fan. I got that from the fact that my dad was an Irish fan. I grew up watching Irish games with him, and so the fact that they're coming to the Sun Bowl for only the second time in their history, and the last time we were there uh, was with me and my dad and my brothers. Uh, of course, my dad passed away, and my Oldest brother, I think he's going to the game, but he's going with his family, so we might meet up and say hi. And my middle brother, he doesn't live here in the States, so he's not going to be able to make it down. So it's just going to be, it's not going to be the fame tradition. So we haven't gone in years. I haven't gone. I think it's been about, I want to say it's been about 10 years or so. I think the last one I went to was 2013. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's been about 10 10 years. years. Um it was just after it's no, it's either been twenty thirteen or twenty twelve. It's either the year uh, bef- after I got married, that same year I got married, or it was the the year before we got married, uh, because I ended up taking my brother in law, and I I can't remember if he was my brother in law at the time, because it just depends on the time frame. And my brother and my dad, we all went to this game. I want to say it's twenty thirteen, so I was just married. We we all went. I bought like a four pack of tickets. Had some decent seats. It was, uh, I think it was UCLA versus Virginia Tech, I want to say. And it was fun. And I remember going to that. It's always been really fun. Another thing is, too, is I almost went to Albuquerque, which is about a three and a half hour drive because mm-hmm. my actual alma mater was playing in uh, a bowl game up really? there. Uh, New Mexico cool. State was playing in the New Mexico Bowl. They got their butts handed to them, but... The fact that they had a ten and five season, I think, is what the final record was. Which is really, it, really impressive, impressive for a local team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not the biggest local team it's fan. Bad, I mean, yeah. I'm not the biggest football fan. Let's yeah. be real. But um, yeah, I mean, like, it, even I was kind of like, oh yeah, go go Aggies. Well, yeah, it, it's kind of cool that they were up there playing in their home state. I think the stadium mm-hmm. uh, attendance was like thirty thousand. It was the third largest New wow. Mexico Bowl in history. Wow. So. But the one I'm going to is sold out, and sold out was one of the team announced. And it was interesting how that happened. Yeah. So they already announced who the, the Pac-12 team was going to be. It was Oregon State. But it went into a weird aspect because the the way the Sun Bowl works, they're, they're tiered uh, bowls. And so the first three picks are go, goes to these different bowls. Because of Florida State being kept out of the playoff and okay. taking, I think it was like the Orange Bowl or something like that, or the Citrus Bowl, they forced uh, the other, the top-tier teams, which have the first three picks, they couldn't pick Notre Dame. And so then the Sun Bowl, which is a Tier 2 for ACC teams, including Notre Dame, who is independent, but they work with the ACC, they all three of the bowls who were in tier two wanted Notre Dame because they're a big draw. El Paso, sure. the Sun Bowl wanted them again because the last time you hear was the last time the Sun Bowl sold out, which was like fifty five thousand people. Yeah, and so it's like that's impressive for a smaller tier bowl. Well, yeah. every the other two bowls wanted them. So what they had to do is those three bowls, since they all agreed this is the team that they want, they drew names out of the hat. The Sun Bowl ended up getting Notre Dame. That's cool. So Notre Dame's coming to El Paso. I'm going to go to that game. They're going to be facing Oregon State. I'm looking forward to it. I'm either going to go with my wife or a buddy of mine. It just depends on my wife's schedule, not you. (laughs) You're not even going to be in town. When is this again? The 29th. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Have fun with that. 
So yeah, you're going to be out of town. Our other friend works on Friday, so I had to ask uh, my other game group, uh, my friend Angel, he's going to go with me if the wife can't make I'm it. I'm glad he's at least tier three. Yeah. You totally didn't pick me first. Let's no, be real. No. I wasn't even close. No. I was maybe top 12. <laughs> maybe. No, so it's just like, yeah, we're we're going to go to that. Uh, if my wife can ma- be able to make it right now, she doesn't have anything on her schedule. So mm. fingers crossed. Uh if not, I have a backup plan with a buddy of mine. I got really great seats, too. I am on the between the 45 and 50 yard line behind the Notre Dame bench, 22 rows up. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, so it's and the thing about it is, once they got announced, I told the wife, like I told her flat out, if Notre Dame comes in the unlikely event, Notre Dame comes to the Sun Bowl, I'm buying tickets. Yeah. I'd rather ask for forgiveness and permission on this one. Yeah. Notre Dame got Drew. I bought the tickets immediately that, that once I found out it was going to be Notre Dame that, yep. that within that first hour, they sold out by the next day. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah. So for me going to the Sun Bowl was, was a family tradition every New Year's. It actually landed on New Year's Day for the longest time. Now it's like the weekend of because they don't want to compete with the New York Six Bowls. Sure. Because three of the two or three of the games are on the 31st and the other games are on the 1st. So, some ball was always on New Year's Eve, give or take most of the time. There was a couple of days where it was like the 27th and the 28th. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I make sure you take lots of pictures. Uh, I'll watch it on TV and hopefully <laughs> see you in the stands. You won't watch it. It'll be on CBS, so if you guys want to look for me, yeah. I'm behind the Notre Dame bench on the 45-50 yard line. Right. So. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just... We'll, we'll, we'll map it out. It's like, all right, we'll triangulate. Yeah, uh, I just try to remember what side I am. I think I'm on towards the, the, the end zone that has seating. Oh, okay. So it's on that 45-50. Oh, okay. Compared to the one that's just blank, and it says UTEP or Sunbowl on the side there. So Cool. Sounds like it's going to be good fun. Yeah. And speaking of Texas, because that takes place in El Paso, Texas, mm-hmm. that, that's... That is the Sun Bowl because we're in the Sun area, really. I mean, yeah, uh, I think El Paso's nickname is the Sun City. Yeah. So, speaking of Texas, that's where I'm going to segue into mine. Mm-hmm. What I've been doing outside of gaming. So I've said this before. I've been traveling a lot, and um, and I referenced this at the top of the episode. I have just came back from a nine-hour drive, where I I got into town. I unloaded my mom who came with us. I unloaded my in-laws who came with us. Uh, well, my father-in-law and his brother, and then I went to the house, unloaded all the car, and then came over here right away <laughs> after a nine-hour drive. I went from San Antonio, Texas, which is nine-hour drive from here, and I wanted to talk about just going there. The it, I've been there a few times. This is my third time that I've spent significant time there. Okay. Um, and me and my wife, we fell in love with this city. Actually, like I, I really do like San Antonio a lot. It's probably my favorite Texas town. I really do. I and and see here's the thing. Like it's not I've been to Houston, I've been to Dallas. I hate Houston. Oh yeah. god. I mean Houston doesn't have character, like in my opinion. It just feels like a giant metropolis, but I don't feel like I'm in Houston when I'm in Houston. I've only been once, so granted, uh anybody well, who's listening like, from Houston, I apologize. It it's just like it doesn't feel like it. Fourth largest city in the country. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's huge. <laughs> Metro it's area. Absolutely massive. Yeah. And um I wonder what the third is. Uh, is it, it's not Dallas Fort Worth, right? No, it's not. That's I, five, I think. I think three now is Phoenix. Or is Chicago. 
Oh no, Chicago, yeah. Chicago. Because I think yeah, it's one, two, Chicago. Uh, Chicago, then Houston, then Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix is five. Some of that effect. Yeah, it's, it's huge, right? And but it doesn't feel like it. Like Dallas feels a little more like Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Um especially El Paso when, definitely doesn't. Especially when you go to like Fort Worth and you get like the stockyards sure. and stuff like that. That's really cool. Yeah. And but so what happened is fifteen plus years ago, me and my wife we decided to drive to Florida to go to Disney World, mm-hmm. and we drove back, and we drove back through San Antonio. Yeah. And that was just the best, like, split point, because we split it over three days of, like, eight hours each. Yeah, and then the and so, San Antonio is, like, if you just, you're doing straight I-10, it's, yeah. it's a good stopping point. Right. And so we stayed there, because we were like, oh, we don't <laughs> really know what to expect, and we got there pretty early. And I was like, oh, a river walk, let's go check it out, because we didn't know what to expect. Went downtown, did the river walk. Fell in love with it. Like that the river was walk's awesome. nice. I, yeah. I, I'll admit that. But just the re- outside of that part of San Antonio, the rest of it's just kind of eh. Oh, see, I disagree. I, I I disagree because the following year, a year later, um, right when my son was a newborn, um, he stayed with my mom for the time being and, and my in-laws. And we spent a week there because we wanted to go back and see what it was because we liked it that much. Mm. We thought it was really cool. So we spent a whole week there and really enjoyed it. Had a lot of good time. That is uh, one of my favorite memories from there is that I went to a garage sale. And they were selling. They were, of course I did. And they were selling like packs of playing cards. And this was before I got into games really mm-hmm. too much. And I was like, wow, these are some cool cards. I was like, do you guys have any others? And they bring out a big old crate of, game, of bo- uh, playing cards. I'm like, you're my people. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're getting along. And. But they did have a deck, and they they were asking like twenty bucks for it, mm-hmm. which now it's worth way more. But that was my biggest regret of not buying, buying that deck. That. I was like, twenty bucks is hard for a deck of cards, and they're wow. like, well, you know what we have. I'm like, I know you know what we have. I'm like, that's why I'm still considering it. And but I think a big part of it. For a deck I of think cards. a big part of it for you too at that time. I mean, you just had a newborn. You didn't, weren't sure. making like a a, a lot yeah. of money because uh, yeah, we were... stayed at like some extend stay north of town. And I know. think you're pretty young at the time because i mm-hmm. think you had your son when you were what early 20s yep yeah so i was in my early 20s then too so yeah. i was like 22 maybe but yeah. and then we went to sea world and we saw all those places yeah that was really cool but this time around my daughter had a cheer competition so mm-hmm. we went down there to to compete it was only a one day so that was nice and comfy but uh my father-in-law and his brother came uh uncle-in-law i guess would be mine and my mom yeah. joined us because she had never been there before well my uncle-in-law he used to live there yeah. And so just so like... he probably uh, show you all the cool little... The haunts and the food cool places. Stuff. Well, yeah. He, he he made some great recommendations. The very first night after the cheer competition, which, by the way, my daughter won division champions. She had a jacket and everything and a sash. And nice. Was, I saw the sash. She I was stoked. Like, absolutely, like, enthralled with it. So she got, she got that. And got a chance to be division champions. Or now she's been invited to the national champions because of that win. So, so of her that. division, yeah. So, wait, what part of Florida would that be in? I don't know, but I'm thinking Orlando. More than likely, if it's yeah. one of those that you, because you see like those cheerleading. It's competitions. in Pensacola. <laughs> no, you see those cheerleading competitions yeah. like on uh, ESPN and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think they're in Orlando because I think they're tied to like a Disney resort or something. Oh yeah, I believe it. I think it actually is with Disney. Yeah. yeah. So, but that so that'll be cool. But um, so that was the first day. There was only a one day competition, so that was that was pretty cool. And it was pretty open. But at the same day, we went into the convention center, the Henry B. Gonzalez Convention Center. Mm-hmm. And one of the silliest things happened. I, I start looking around as we're walking, and there's a bunch of not cheer-looking people walking in. Like, 
And we're like, what's with all these extra people? I'd never been to the convention center before. Yeah. And I'm like, a lot of these people are wearing, like, video game shirts and, like, anime stuff. Like, what's going on? They probably had their Comic-Con. There was a Pokemon TCG uh, regional championship. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, no. That same day. Because I think it was on YouTube they were talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. That same day that we, we just stumbled upon it happening in the same convention center. Dip opposite side. That's a massive convention center. It's a huge convention center, yeah. And it was hilarious because we saw uh, my wife, uh, my daughter's cheer coach, and she's on the phone talking to somebody, and she's upset. Because she's like, like, I don't get, like, hey, we're not even in the same place. I walk in, I see all these Pokemon people everywhere, and I don't understand. We're on the opposite side. They have the real floor. <laughs> it's like she was, I just loved how she referred to them as Pokemon people. I'm like, yo, these are my people. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> come on now. And so that was that was entertaining. But then after that, we went to a restaurant. I, I got to give this a shout out. It's called the Magic Time Machine. Oh God! And it is the most like it has nothing to do with like magic, magic. It's like it's the most wildest restaurant I've ever been to. And every table is its own little self-designed, um, decorated booth, and they all have every single one of them has a totally different theme. One is like a stock car. One is like board game themes, which happened to be the one that they sat us at. I had, like, Monopoly and stuff. That was not by request. One is, like, Alice in Wonderland theme. One is, like, it's just, like, neon, like, steampunk Tokyo, whatever. It's just crazy. It was made, like, in the 70s. They totally don't follow, like, any normal standards. And all of the waiters and waitresses and um, hostesses, all of them dress as whatever character they want. Like, one was, like, Rapunzel. And ours was, like, some character from One Piece. Like, and that guy was wild. Like, okay, how he, was he dressed? I don't remember. Was it, he, like, in a white shirt? I think so. He was, like, the main guy from One Piece. I, I remember seeing, like, the... Well, did he have a straw hat on, or...? I think so. No, he didn't. He didn't have any Yeah, if he on. was in the white shirt, he was dressed as Zoro. Okay, probably. <laughs> yeah, no, he... And he was wild. He was a... They were the most over-the-top characters. Like, they, they weren't in character. They were just really entertaining people mm. and we got uh a potion which is their drink it's basically like a cherry limeade but they put a little uh dollop of um uh dry ice in the bottom of it okay so it's all bubbling and, and oh that's what that picture and, was okay yes. yeah and it was just it was a completely wild time a little pricey but totally a unique experience everyone had a great time the food was eh, it was okay um <clears throat> yeah it was just crazy the next day, we spent time on the Riverwalk. Um, we went to the flea market, which was really cool. It's a massive, massive flea market. Um, what, what are you looking at? I'll tell you in a little bit. Okay. Sorry. Uh, massive flea market. Completely crazy. I, the San Antonio flea market, I can highly recommend. It was good fun. Yeah, I knew you were going to go to there. Mm-hmm. I knew you were there because you showed us something. Uh, I forget what game it was. Uh, Fireball Island. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this guy had like six copies, and he was like, yo, five bucks each. I'm like... I'll own this for five dollars, of course. Yeah, and I've just I've never yeah, been enamored with that game, and for five bucks, yeah, it's cool, but it's just not it's yeah, not five, five bucks worth for me. And actually, so right before I left, I didn't show you, but I actually bought a World of Warcraft escape room. Well, that's cool. Yeah, and apparently it came out like two years ago. That's my uh, pin. I don't know where it went. Yeah, you did. Um, oh, I found it. Yep. It came out, like, only two years ago, and they had, like, a sealed copy of it there, and I was like, oh, here you go. Nice. Ten bucks. Like, Yeah. I don't know much about World of Warcraft, but I'll do an escape room. I'm, I'm waiting for um, 
uh, for us to get after Christmas when I can start buying stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, because I'm actually going to do a Magic the Gathering pre-order. Really? Oh, okay. You'll have to tell me about that here in a bit. And then after that, we we went to a couple other restaurants. Um, when I Longhorn get... <laughs> Steakhouse. Why'd you go to Longhorn? Yeah, it's because it was there. It was near That's the good. hotel. No, because there's one in El Paso, so True. you're always a big thing about like not going somewhere. That... <laughs> right, but we don't have one here in Cruces, and I've never been. And okay. we talk about it. We also went to a Cheddar's too. Which well, I no, I thought your, your rule well. was too is uh, no check that shut down. Oh, the one here? Yeah, in El Paso. Oh, okay, yeah. but yeah, Cheddar's well, I still is not never bad. been. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I you know, and then the last night we went to a pizza place. It was like a it was called Dough. It was really neat. Um, one thing that I can honestly say about San Antonio, the food is okay. Like, I mean, like, you know how some places you go and you're like, oh my God, all of the food is phenomenal. Yeah. The food is okay. But. It just because, it depends on where, where you go. Sure. Yeah. I've had some sure really good food in San Antonio. Absolutely. But I also always hit holes in the wall. Right. No, no, I agree with that. But what I will say about all the restaurants, every waiter and waitress we had was absolutely over the top phenomenal. They, that was some of the best service I've ever had. Nice. So if that's, I will gladly go to subpar restaurants for great service easily. Like, I mean, we were dishing out big tips because they were just great people. And I'm glad that they were awesome as they were. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was a good time. We went to the Lego store and downtown, the river walk. We saw all that. Um, just wild. And I know I'm forgetting something. The game last stores. thing I want to talk about game stores. There's, First off, there's a couple of used bookstores called Half Price Books. Check them out. They're not bad. Um, I've been recommended them before. Yeah. They had very reasonable prices for games, mm -hmm. but they had a pretty small selection. Normally, only like well, normally a small shelf. Well, normally, the Half Price Books, I think the San Antonio one, or some of them are a lot bigger than others. It's kind of yeah. like how our Target is kind of okay when it comes to other Targets. Sure, yeah. Uh, because I know some people find some amazing deals at Half Price Books. But... Yeah. I, I will give them credit. All of the games that were there were very reasonably priced. Nice. Very, and I almost walked away with more. I ended up just getting a couple just because I knew what they were. But there is one game store I did go to. Mm -hmm. And that was recommended by all of our friends on the on the Board Game, uh, Revolution. Board game Revolution group. And this is called Night's Watch Games. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it is entirely medieval themed as you walk in. That's almost like Noble Knight then. Kind of, yeah. It's in it's entirely it's entirely um uh medieval themed. Uh they have the long tables, free open gaming. Oh, that's kinda cool. You do not have to pay anything. They have a full service kitchen, which they do they do that. Um you do not have to rent space to be there. There are themed nights. There are some private rooms that are available for rent and and the person who showed me around, um, he, he goes his his name I think is Cameron, but he goes by Cabbage. He he explained the whole thing, but I was Cabbage, who was at the game game uh, Night's Watch, awesome guy, great service, and he was like, yeah, I'll show you the private rooms, but they are currently occupied, so I won't, but I will show you these other two rooms, and he showed me one that was like a military bunker, and it looked like you were on a giant ammo can, like or <laughs> ammo crate, you know, that like that's the table you were playing on. Yeah. And then there's another room across the way that looks like a starship. Nice. Like and it like straight up like. Like uh, Star Wars, it is fantastic. Like, that would be a cool, cool place to to rent out for like someone if they want to mm -hmm. do like a birthday and to be like, yeah. we're doing space games. It was really dope. It was really dope. And then on top of that, they're also they have another thing called the Sanctuary that mm -hmm. they're connected to, that they also run, which is full like LARPing costume gear. Okay. 
That's so like cool. swords, weapons, like costumes, all that stuff. They and I think that's one of the only ones that really catered to that. There was one other store I wanted to go to, and I wish I could. It was called uh, the Printed Meeple. Okay. Where they're half board game store, half three D printer shop. Like, and they three D print like custom. They design like custom components. That's gonna for for board games and stuff. Nice. Like I saw like a gizmo tray and like or a dispenser and Azul tray stuff like that. So I want to give them a shout out. That was it. Um, great time in San Antonio, but that's why I'm filming a little later than normal. <laughs> actually, we're actually on time, but we were going to change it to Mondays, but then he realized, oh, wait, I'm going to be in San Antonio still. Yeah. So we're going to change it to Mondays. After all of these Mondays, I can't film. Yeah. So, of course, after probably the first week of January, uh, after the New Year, so maybe, I think it's the second week of January, mm-hmm. we'll be moving Mostly to Mondays. There will be changes from time to time, sure. depending on schedules and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, so stay tuned for that. Yep. All right. With that going into it, or with that being said, let's go into our main topic tonight, and that is our board game brainstorm. This is when we give you recommendations on a game that is 10 years or more older, mm-hmm. um, normally considered a modern classic or something to that effect that yep. we like to break down. And using our five criteria that we use for the top eight debate, mm-hmm. we will give you a recommendation based on if you like certain aspects of that game. Yeah, I, I agree to, uh, yeah. totally with that because it just makes it so much easier. So you're possibly going to get at most 10 game recommendations yep. at minimum five. So you're still going to get a lot of uh, yep. game recommendations based off yep. how you feel about Hanabi or certain aspects of Hanabi you right. like. Because you might not like Hanabi as a game itself. Because it could be stressful. Like my wife uh, does not like Hanabi because it stresses sure. her out. Yeah. And I and I met people that genuinely don't like it. And I get why you don't like it. And we're hoping that if maybe there was part of it that you were turned off by, you can see recommendations for stuff that, that for our other categories. Yeah. Like you might have appreciated the theme or the or cooperative how easy nature it is or how easy it is to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have done like, like the the artwork and components anyway we'll get into that but listen to our recommendations and hopefully you'll find some new games for you for that so yeah. that being said let's get into it let's All start right. with ease of play as you said this is a very easy game to play i'll be that would be me that'll be you yep, yep. uh so <laughs> not used to this coin yet. my easy game uh, for ease of play mm-hmm. pick for hanabi and it's funny because most of these except for one are cooperative yeah. So and it just because of the way Hanabi works. Uh, actually, before we get into this, should you uh, explain how Hanabi works? This way, people understand. Yeah. So Hanabi is a is a card game made uh, by Antoine Boza, mm-hmm. and this is his only game that won the Spiel des Jahres. This one, I think, in twenty eleven. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Um, mid around early twenty tens. Yeah. Um, but this won the game of the year, the Spiel des Jahres. Um. German Family Game of the Year. Yeah. And the way this works is simple. It's a cooperative card game. If you've played something like Solitaire, Klondike Solitaire, you yep. know about putting the cards in order. That's kind of what you're uh, doing in this game. Yeah. You have five different suits as the base game. Um, red, green, yellow, blue, and white. Mm-hmm. And on those suits, you have the numbers one through five. There are multiple copies of ones, twos, threes, and fours. And there's more ones than anything else. But what you're trying to do is, on your turn, you can do one of three things. You can either play a card, um, hoping that it'll be in one of those available spots. Because mm-hmm. once you play, like, say, the one red, you don't play another one red. But you do have to play a one red before you play 
a, a two, two red. red. Yeah. And you have to, and you can't skip numbers too. So in order to play a three red, you have to have the one and the two already down. Mm -hmm. um, you can either play a card, or you can discard a card because you might have a duplicate. Or the last thing, which makes it really interesting, is you can share information. Because the trick on this game is your hand of four cards is facing away from you. Everyone else sees what you have, mm -hmm. except you. So in order to get information on what you should discard or play, people have to either give you information, or by not giving you information, yep. that tells you, you might not have something that's super valuable. Otherwise, hopefully the timing would work out. So they have eight tokens in the middle, and these eight tokens... You flip one down to give somebody information. You either point out all of the cards in their hand that have the same number or the same color. Mm -hmm. So out of my four cards, let's say I have my hand right here. I'm just going to borrow this. Is that cool? Yeah. So let's say I borrow this, and this is my hand of four cards. Just imagine. I could say, or you might look at my hand and go, this card and this card at the end, those are twos. Cool. So now I know this is a two, this is a two. Well, there's a lot of ones out. I have a pretty safe bet to play one. Yeah. But you might say, oh, this first card that you know is a two, and this card next to it are also blue. Great. I know this is a blue, and I know this is, uh, or I know this is a blue two. This is not a blue. Or this is a blue, but not a two. So it might be a one, three, four, five. And I know that this is not a blue two because otherwise you would have included it in there. Yep. And so you break it down that way. You give it very limited information, and the only way to get these tokens back is by discarding cards, not playing them, but discarding. discarding them. Now, if you, of course, if you play them and they're correct, you're good. If you play them and they're incorrect, you lose one of your three hit points, basically. Um, it's like a little fuse. And if you uh, hit the fuse, then you collectively lose. Otherwise, you count up the highest numbered card that you have played and the most points, uh, or the points determine generally how good you've done. Yep. So, it, it's very intriguing. I hope you didn't miss anything. No, but... I think you did pretty well. Uh, there is an expansion that I think most come with it now. Where it gives you a six suit of cards where it's like rainbow cards. Yeah, it's a rainbow card. So you could either play that without, which is how I tend to play it. Yeah. Um, or you could play it as a wild suit. So they count. And it's always fun like to point out, oh, like if I have a rainbow one, it's like, oh, this is a red. And then somebody else goes, this is a blue. Because you have to include those. In, <laughs> yeah, and you can't those. tell them it's a rainbow. You have to tell them a specific, specific right. color. It always counts as every color. So yeah. that's tricky. Or you could play it as a separate sixth suit. Suit. Which then you would say it's rainbow. Yeah. Because then. It's, if you're using it's it as a wild, level, you have to tell it by its color. Right. If you're playing it for a full level, then you have to tell it that it's a rainbow. Right. So you can make it easier or harder depending on how it works. So a lot of the stuff you just talked about, so going back to my mm -hmm. pick here on Ease of Play, is cooperative, mm -hmm. limited communication, uh, and you have to play in a certain order. So my pick is the game. Uh, so you have to play in either, there's four discard piles, ascending and descending. You have, you know your information, but you can't let other people know your information. That's the big twist, is that you know what you have. But you could say stuff like, hey, don't play in that pile because I can do, because you on your turn, you have to play one or two cards. Uh, and the, the reason why it's one or two, you do have to play one card for sure. But you can choose to play two if you got something that's a, basically a run. Be like, hey, I can do this and I can do this. And you're basically saying, hey, don't play there. Or you can be like, yeah, go ahead. I can I can fix that one so we don't have to worry about that one. This is a good pick. I already know where you're going with this. That's a good pick. <laughs> because you got your limited communication. 
there are points in here where when you're playing a number uh, down and you have to play. So sometimes like, I'm sorry, I know you said I can't play in that pile. I got to go here. You, it's cards one through a hundred and you have four piles. You have two descending and two ascending. And your whole point of this game is to play out the entire deck. Yep. And you're trying to figure out what cards you're going to play, what everybody else is holding. When someone's telling me I can fix this, that means they can play 10 above that pile, basically trying to reset it a little bit. And there's times where... I should have thought of this. <laughs> this is a really good recommendation. Uh, there is, a, there is a, a point in there that I remember in this one where someone's like, I can fix this. Just just leave it alone. I can fix this. Okay, I played over there. And then we go to his turn. And he's like, and it's like 35. So we're kind of far away down. So he's like, all right, here, here's a 45. Here's a 55. Jumped it up by 20 points because he played two cards. Drew up his two cards. And his wife was like, oh, thank you. And then she played the 65 and 75. <laughs> so, I love that. So I love that aspect of it. It's a, it's very simple. I've played mm -hmm. this with their in uh, his in-laws. Did you say the name? Yes, I did. Okay. I said uh, it in the very beginning. I didn't even notice it. I'm sorry. My pick is the, the game. game. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I, said, I literally <laughs> thought you said, the game that I picked is... <laughs> My pick is <laughs> the game. <laughs> And so this game is it's just it's one of the easiest games out there. It gives you a lot of the same feels as an hobby without as much stress because you're trying to remember everything that you have. Oh, this yeah. one is less stress because you're like, okay, this is what I have. This is what I have to play. Yeah. And so you're basically just trying to work it out until you go through the deck. Uh, I haven't won this game a lot, but I have won a couple times. But yeah, this cool. is, is such a phenomenal uh, co-op card playing game. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a really good pick too. So the one I picked for ease of play is, um, I my goal with this was, and this was the last one I picked, which is why it took me a few moments, is because I feel like Hanabi is just, it, it, it's like a new take on um, Klondike Solitaire. Yeah. And I feel like what Basically it Basically made it co-op. <laughs> yeah, they made it co-op, but they added that little twist of, oh, you have to turn your hand around. Yeah. And only other people get to see your information. I love that quick little twist. So I was like, I was trying to find a game that feels like a classic game, but has a little bit of a twist to it. And so my pick was Llama. Because it feels like Uno. Except because you're trying to shed your cards, you're trying to get rid of it. But the little trick is um, how the numbers always have to play in ascending, but then reset themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and going with that, and you're trying to get the fewest points. Because you probably will get points in that. It's not just a whoever gets out first wins, because that just takes forever, like Uno does. But this one is my always go-to recommendation. If people like Uno, I, I tell them to go with this. If people say, it's like, oh, I like Solitaire, I used to play it quite a bit, mm -hmm. then I recommend Hanabi, because yeah. then it's you're working together as a group. That limited communication is really key. Yeah. So I think had I thought of that, I would have picked the game, honestly, because <laughs> that's really a, such a great recommendation. But yes, my pick... That or was the first game I thought of. I just like, where am I going to put it on this list? No, it's got to go in ease of play. Yeah. Yep, exactly. You can play any card you want. Yeah. It might really mess this up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just got to do it. And you have to play, so it's like, right. I'm going to drop this 20 points because I have to play a card. Right, exactly. All right, so that's uh, ease of play. Let's yeah. go into replay, replay value. value. Here we go. That's me. So replay value. Um, in Hanabi, you brought it up on the... Uh, example of that six suit. So it's a standard classic card game. There's some great interaction, a lot of 
uh, immersive talk in there, mm-hmm. which I feel like it, it's it's not so much inherent with the game itself that it has replay value because really you're doing the same thing. You're seeing the same thing every time you play it. Yeah. But the different the the level of communication you need for it allows you to want to play with different groups to really get the full feel of it, right? Okay. Um, and then also the fact that it has a a deluxe version is pretty cool as well because Hanabi has like an actual like Bakelite tile version, like the Hanabi deluxe version, very expensive but totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it also has that extra suit in there that adds just a little bit of a change to what they want to do. So I wanted to pick a card game that has a little bit of differences in it, but also has that like awesome table talk where it'll play differently for different groups. So I went with Bonanza. Okay. I, yeah. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, Bonanza is is a great game. Uh, Bonanza... Older than Hanabi? <laughs> way older than Hanabi. Yeah, by far. By at least a decade. Uh, probably 15 years older. Like, it, it's way yeah, older. Yeah, because it was like... Late two, late nineties, early two thousands. Yep, late nineties. Yeah, it was. It was Actually, old. no, it is late nineties because it just had its twenty fifth year. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, twenty fifth. Anyway, but yeah, so Hanabi or I'm Bonanza. sorry, uh, Bonanza, great little card game. Um, the nego- it's not cooperative. It is absolutely versus, and you're wheeling and dealing a lot. So yep. that negotiation, that back talk, like making those side deals, is like, hey, I will trade you this chili bean. Uh, to get it out of my hand, which, by the way, you can't change the order of your hand. Mm-hmm. So that's that little twist, right? Yeah. That's where the replay value comes in, is you have to play the card that's in front of your hand. You play it down in front of you, you might not want that, so you might be trying to trade it out. Just like uh, for the group, that might not be a good card for you to play, so you're going to discard it so you can get more information. Bonanza, you're trying to wheel and deal. You're trying to get it to the people who want it. You're trying to not also... You might just donate it to them to accept a deal, but you might also be trying to get something in your favor as well at the same yeah. time. Super cool. I like it a lot. Um, Bonanza, yeah, fantastic little card game. Nice, nice. Uh, my replay value, like I said, most of my games are co-op. It's another co-op mm-hmm. that has limited information out there. Uh, you get a lot in the box in this one, and that's why I went to the replay value, because there's just a giant stack of little cards that you're using this entire game, mm-hmm. and each one of those cards have four words on them. And then each one of those cards, you have to use four different cards okay. on your thing over here. And so the game I picked was So Clover in the replay value. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I, what I like about this one, too, and it's all about that limited communication, yeah. you, you get your cards, and they're like these little square cards that have four words. You put them in there random. And so now you have two cards on each part of the clover. And so now you have to find a word that ties those two war- words to your the, to each section of the thing. So in this case, uh, one I always remember is I had triangle and game. So I came up with Ganon for Legends of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was my clue there. And there, I can't remember like all of them. But you have to come up with the clues. And so once you're done, when it's your turn to come up, you put your board out there. And it's empty just with your words, and then you put your, your cards out there, and the group has to look at it and try to figure out what words w- did you have for mm-hmm. them to get the points. Yeah. And so you But can't... you add a fifth card into it every time as well. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, which adds another little extra <laughs> wrench. Yeah. So sometimes is... those clues are better. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. So it's it's a bit tricky when it comes to it, but you're sitting out there and you're like, okay, this is how it goes, and people are trying mm-hmm. to figure out, and they're communicating with themselves, and you're sitting there like, can't say anything, just yep. gotta sit here stone faced. I start looking at my phone, this way I'm not really yeah. concentrating on it. When I, everyone else is discussing, like 
like when you're holding up a hand of cards in Hanabi and everyone's like, I think we need to tell him something. I think we yeah. really need. I ooh. Yeah, exactly. We should definitely tell him. Do you think? You we should, yeah. You get. What that do you know about your hand? Oh, this is blue. We need to tell him. Something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you yeah. get that a lot with so clover yeah. a lot, and, that's, and so like I had, I was like, I was thinking just one. I was also thinking fun facts would be kind of cool, but so clover just gives you that tension yeah. that you get with Hanabi because it's like there's so many good options, and you had bad words, and so like. Oh man, if they flip this the wrong way, it still works for this clue, but I didn't pay attention to that word. That one works a lot better for that clue. Oh god, what did I do? <laughs> and so you're just sitting there thinking and like you're getting that tension in your mind. You're just sitting there like, can't say anything, can't say anything, can't say anything. So yeah, and then like I said, it's a giant stack of cards in there. So I've played this a handful of times. I don't think I've seen every single word or combination that I can in that game. Just how mm. much they give you just out of that box and it's really well produced so your replay value on that is through the roof with this one just because of the way the different combinations are going to come to you and so that's why i went with so clover cool awesome now let's go into meaningful choice which this game has hanabi has quite a bit of meaningful choice That'll you? so mine is another co-op game um it's similar in vain to your replay value and this is a cooperative word uh, I figured game. this was going to be on your list, that's why I didn't put it on mine. Which is... Letter Jam. No. Really? Not Letter Jam. No, no. Although that's a good one. <laughs> I picked Codenames Duet. Oh, okay. It's the same... Just, yeah, I thought like, this was going to be somewhere else on your list. That's uh, why I figured enough, Letter Jam was going to yeah, be on no, here. Codenames <laughs> Duet is... It's on there because... I mean, Letter Jam's... And Codenames in general could be on this one, too. Sure. Yeah. Codenames is good. Um, I picked Codenames Duet just simply because it's the cooperative version of it. It works just as well. Yeah. You have that limited information. You're trying to get your partner to sit, pick the right words, and you have to give them just a little bit of information, mm -hmm. but as in one word and how many cards it relates to. So if I have like um, <coughs> a bunch of animals out, like it says fox and bear and uh, wolf, I might say Arctic if I don't want it. If I don't want them to pick certain ones, although that would still be really tough. Because you're trying to lean. So I might say Arctic 2 mm -hmm. and hope that they would pick like either the wolf or the Arctic fox and maybe not think the polar bear. Otherwise, I would have said 3. Yeah. Um, very, like I said, very limited information. The way it works, you have 5x5 five five grid. Um, in the original codenames, you have two teams uh, and a clue card that tells you which cards relate to one team, which relate to the other. And then there's also an assassin where if one team picks the assassin, they immediately lose. So... It's cooperative as far as the team base goes. Yeah. The duet version does that on the same, except there's two sides, and they have different information, and some of it crosses over yeah. to where you have to get all of the cards on both sides. And so, and it works surprisingly well. Like, that system shouldn't work as well as it does, but it does. It's not my preferred version of Codenames. But yeah, Codenames Duet, that's my number one for meaningful choice. So much information, so little time, gotta get all the right right spots at the right time and hope that it just comes up the way you need it to yeah see i thought this would have been like in your replay value or something like that uh, yeah but just for the simple fact that uh because pick your poison uh, basically right. you have like sure. different co-names uh disney marvel and just at that yeah, point I mean, and duet there's two versions there's the regular duet and then there's the harry potter version yeah and and see here's the thing like i i didn't put it in replay i did think about it for replay though, yeah but i didn't because of the fact that hanabi really isn't that replayable other than every time you play it, 
it'll be it only feels different depending on the group you're in. That's yeah, why see, I picked, see, this so. is why when I do my board game brainstorm, equal to or better. No, I mean, I I don't consider a better replay value. I mean, I just I the replay value in Hanabi is seeing how it works with different people and how they communicate. Yeah. In my opinion, and that's why I think that Codenames Duet wouldn't fit with that per se because that the replay value is built in because there's like 200 something cards. Yeah. You know that that's crazy, crazy expandable. All right. So my meaningful choice here is very interesting, and, and uh, the fact is, it, it's another one of the co-ops. Like I said, all four four out of my five are co-ops. It's a card game. It's got the limited communication in, that Hanabi has, and you can actually get it in multiple versions. In fact, they just recently announced a third version. Uh, and this is a co-op trick taker known as The Crew. Uh, so I went with this one in the meaningful choice because you have to sure. be smart how you play games, just like in Hanabi, when yep. you're doing a limited communication trick taking. And this one, what I like about it, because it's a co-op trick taking, you're trying to feed tricks to a certain person. Yep. So we want you to take the first trick. We want Bryce to take the second trick. I need to take the third trick, and Dom needs to take the yep. fourth trick. And so how we play that out without being able to speak to one another is yep. very intriguing because there's a couple ways that you can communicate, but only once per round can you communicate by saying, hey, this is the only card I have in this uh, suit. This suit. Yeah. So I place it out in front of me and I take the little token, it's like a little moon man token, mm -hmm. and I place it on my, uh, my card. If it's in the middle, that's letting you know it's the only card yep. I have of this suit. Yep. If I place it above it, this is the highest card I have of this suit. If I place it at the bottom part of the card, that's telling it's you I, it's the lowest. You only get to do that once per yep. round. And if you're playing several rounds because you're playing through the campaign aspect of it, that's going to hurt. Yep. <laughs> Especially since it's, it's very limited communication because you also have a token. Once you play it, you have to flip it to the other side that says, hey, I've right. already used this ability. And the, those choices of trying to figure out how you're going to feed tricks to certain people, that's where I was like, this is where you're going to get that tension. It's like, why did they play that suit? I cannot play in this suit. All right, I'm putting this card down there. This is my highest card in this suit. we got to figure out how I can feed yep. this trick to the person this needs to go to. So I, I, I love this game a lot. I need to play it more. I just haven't played it a lot. I do want to try... Uh, the mission Deep Sea. I want to see how the family one is going to work. Uh, yep. The one I have and specifically used is uh, Deep Space Nine, or was it uh, yeah. Quest for Planet Nine or some weird, something like that. Yep. Honestly, the theme is kind of barely there. The, yep. the, the only reason they have the theme... It's as there as Hanabi has yeah, fireworks. And it's basically, the theme is there because it's you. that's how they can get away with saying, this is why you have limited communication. You're in space or you're underwater. So can't really communicate all that well under right. all this and that so for me it is the crew cool awesome now we're going to go on to game immersion nothing more to say than that yeah. game, game immersion, immersion. Yeah. all right this one's me this is my last of the co-op uh games here oh, and okay. a big thing about it too i didn't realize this all other than so clover all of these are card games <laughs> yeah, I mean it makes sense. So this is a very thematic co-op game. Okay, I love the theme on this one a lot. 
And it's also got a lot of uh, limited communication of what you guys can talk about in this game, what you have in your hand. Uh, you have to go until you deplete the entire deck down. This one actually can have a campaign on it, depending upon which version of this you have. And it's got a World War One theme on it. This is the Grizzled. Limited communication, co-op. Uh, you're basically trying to say, I need to play this out. I can't take these scars and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, this gives you a lot of like the tension feeling. is like, oh, God, this came up, and I can't do this. Oh, no, it's giving me another scar. You can't talk about what's in yeah. your hand. And so you're playing this out, and it's it comes out very thematic. So uh, I went back to one of our older things. Does the theme match the mechanism? I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> So I really do enjoy this game. It, it gives you a lot of the tension that you're getting with uh, Hanabi. It's giving you a lot of, you know, getting into that immersion. You feel not really like yeah. you're a soldier that's going through the tension. Uh, or uh, what is it? What was it called in World War One? Shell shock and stuff yeah. like that. So you're getting all these terms at, thrown at you too. And it's like, oh, God, if I play this, this is that going on here. Oh, now this weather is going on over here. I don't right. want that weather. And you're just playing it out until you can clear a certain point of the deck, especially if you're going through the campaign. Uh, it is a phenomenally good game. I know it's a little bit hard to find nowadays. You can pick mm -hmm. it up every now and then. But honestly, if you get a chance at this, pick it up. It's it's such yeah. a solid, solid game. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. I it, You're not wrong on that. It's a co-op card game that's simple mechanism, but so full of tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mine is a co-op card game, um, where, again, there's, it, it's very limited information, except you have one person who knows the secret card, and you have the array of many cards to choose from, and you're trying to whittle down your options to one, and hopefully the one that is correct. This is Similo. Yeah, this is, uh, you I played Similo. I haven't played it. You own it? Nope. I actually okay. asked my wife for like for like a stocking stuffer. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You because I I've forgotten that you don't have it, and that's because of that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we need to play it because it's so good. But Simula is really simple. You have a deck of normally also, about twenty. Pick cards. your poison. There's like so many. Things There's like on twenty it. different versions of it, right? Including now. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and they're cross compatible too. Mm -hmm. Although, like, I don't know how Lord of, of the Rings and history would work. Kind of like so. Well, here's the thing. Here's how the compatibility works. Well, I'll tell that after I talk about the game. Anyway, the way the game works is simple. Um, you have like 24 uh, cards of the theme. I think it's about 24 or 30 something. Mm -hmm. um, you shuffle them up and you take one. And you memorize what that is. If you're the clue giver, that's that's the one you remember. So let's say I'm playing the, the uh, fairy tale version and I have uh, Sleeping Beauty. Okay. Then I draw 11 more cards, shuffle them up. Deal them out in a grid. So that way you have 12 cards that are visible for everyone. One of those 12 cards is Sleeping Beauty, okay? Yeah. But nobody else knows this. So, on my turn, I'm going to draw a hand of the remaining cards, and I get to play one of those cards face up in front of somebody else. So I might have, um, like, uh, Snow White, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I t put the card either face up in front of them, upright, which tells them my card is similar to that one, or I turn it sideways, 90 degrees, to say, my my card is very different than that one. After that little bit of information that you're going to find out. So, obviously, I put similar if I was like, oh, it's it's um, Snow White, mm -hmm. you know. 
because I'm implying, hey, look, they're both like princesses that are pretty innocent. That's what I know. You don't know that. And you have to discuss it as a group trying to figure out, okay, which ones can we eliminate? The very first round, you get one piece of information. You get one more additional piece of information each round. But the first round, you eliminate one card of the 12. The second one, you eliminate two additional cards, then three additional cards, then four additional cards. On the fifth round, you only have two. You got one more piece of information, and you have to pick a 50-50 between those two by those five clues that, that you've been given. Okay. So difficult. Very validating when you get it, but very fun and incredibly simple. Oh my goodness, is it simple. And in fact, I actually I forgot enjoyable. about this. I forgot about this on my list until I was just remembering, oh, a co-op card game that's really simple. Duh, similar. <laughs> I fell in love with this game. And now the way it's compatible with that, like Lord of the Rings and Fantasy or Greek yeah. or whatever, is that um, one, like you shuffle up the... Because you, you don't want to have it where it's like, oh, this one's similar because it's from this set and yeah. not like... So you shuffle up one deck and those are the 12 cards you deal out in front. And then the other deck is the one you're giving clues about. So like, okay. if, um, if mine was Sleeping Beauty, for example, I might put Frodo or... Oh, yeah, I might put Frodo as a similar because it's like, oh, they're kind of a lead role or something. Where I'd put the opposite as, like, um, Smeagol, right? Yeah. No, Gollum, Smeagol. Gollum, Smeagol, yeah. But you get the idea, right? Um, oh, a dragon. Oh, turn that sideways. It's totally not Snow White, right? <laughs> it's like a beauty, yeah. So that's the idea. Super interesting. It works surprisingly well, and I love limited information like that. Cool. All right, uh, going to art and production. Art and production is our last one. Mm-hmm. And remember, this is a fireworks-themed game, which we're going to be talking about here in a bit. You'll be starting us off. Cool. So my art and production one is not fireworks-themed game, uh, but it is a holiday-themed game that plays almost exactly like Hanabi, but... It is not co-op. It's actually uh, versus in a sense, uh, and this is Christmas lights, a card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, it has really good art on it. Um, pretty simple art. You got Christmas lights. You got fireworks. Pretty sure. simple art. In this one, you're basically trying to play against other players mm-hmm. to complete your line, and either you're starting your line from the left or the right. How your cards, the first person to do two of them wins. Great card stock. Simple gameplay, because, you know, it plays a lot like Hanabi, just not co-op. And so I went with this one uh, as one of the first ones that I thought of, too, just because if you want something to play around Christmas time, um, and you want that Hanabi feel, limited communication, I don't know what I have in my hand, but you do. So, and what I like about what this one did as well is, like, yeah, my limited information in co-op, you have tokens that tell you, hey, we have to give this information to someone else. Mm -hmm. I can bribe you... For information, I know you're trying to save a card, so I'm going to take that card from you, and then I'm going to offer it to you for sale if you can give me certain information. So you can do that once or once or two times on your turn, and once you get going, the first person to hit two of their their goal cards wins. It's very simple. Uh, Production value equal to or better, and it's right up there. So I know I normally pick one spot on. I was going to pick Scout originally for this, just Mm -hmm. full disclosure, because it's a card game where the colors don't matter too much, but kind of. Yeah. And same with the numbers, they kind of matter, and then you have some cardboard tokens. But then I thought of one, it's like, no, this this is my other New Year's game that I play. 
because I pick Hanabi because it is fireworks theme, and I feel like that's very thematic to the New Year's theme. This is the other one that I pick, and this is also a game, it, instead of cards, it has tiles, and it uh, has very pretty art. I know what this one is. About lights in the sky. Lanterns? Lanterns, yeah, by Renegade Games. Very simple game. You place out a grid of, uh, you put out a lanterns tile, the one that is facing you, the, the color of the different lanterns that's facing you, you take those cards. Then everyone clockwise also takes the card that's facing them. Mm-hmm. But then also, if you've doubled up, like if I put a yellow next to a yellow, I get to take the, an additional yellow. But then you're trying to trade in certain sets to get points. Most points wins. Very simple. It is versus. Um, doesn't play similar to it, but it is a similar weight. You're nice and calm. You're relaxing and you're enjoying pretty like neon colorful stuff about things flying in light, bright colors in the sky. So I love the the simplicity of that. I will say, though, if you're looking for a simple card game, Hanabi makes sense. This is a little bit more meaty because yep. it's tiles and cards and tokens on top of it. Yep. But very thematically looking the same. My and wife the, did not like this game. No. See, my wife really liked it the first time she played it. Yeah. And I bought it because she liked it. I, I was okay on it. Yeah. And I bought it because she liked it a lot. And uh, we haven't played it mm. ever since. Ever. I get it. My wife, not when you played it, she's like, eh. Yeah, that's Thin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not Sorry. her style. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, pretty much. But it's pretty. <laughs> I actually like Lantern's Dice better. I have Lantern's Dice. I haven't played it. Yeah, I like it significantly better, personally, because I just I like the dice better. Anyway, I digress. With that being said, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you ever want to join us on a live uh, episode, like any of our friends that join us live, unfortunately there was nobody today, but (laughs) it's on a random Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. And we said we'd be here on Monday, so I don't blame them. Uh, Join us at twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames. Uh, I blame him. All video re-uploads can be found on YouTube under youtube.com slash at everydayboardgamespodcast. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. And if you ever want to email us directly or contact us directly, you can. Whether it's to enter in future contest ideas, give us ideas for episodes that are coming up, or simply just to say hi. Email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. And all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Podbean, and now Apple. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.